Welcome back, friends. Bill Creasy here with Monday's episode of Scripture Uncovered. Good to be back with you today. And I mentioned on previous podcasts that launching our new Logos Bible Study website, logosbiblestudy.com, has been a really big project we've been working on for a long time. We launched the website, the new website, only about four weeks ago. And day by day, the memberships are climbing. It's really exciting to watch this happen and uh, get all the teaching out to a, a broad audience. So for you, my podcast listeners, I'd like to make you a special offer, only for you, only for my podcast listeners. From now until the end of May, if you sign up as a member on LogosBibleStudy.com, your first month of membership will be absolutely free. My gift to you. You've been a very loyal audience for me, and I'd love to give you something in return, and that free month of membership would be, well, I think a nice thing to do. So listen to the podcast. I'll remind you again at the end. Jump on to, to LogosBibleStudy.com, and uh, you have a free membership. Just enter the coupon code Scripture, S-C-R-I-P-T-U-R-E, Scripture, okay? Very good. Well, today for our podcast, we've been talking about King Solomon for several podcasts now. Solomon, and we think of him as the greatest king of Israel. Solomon had everything. He had wisdom, he had power, he had money, he had women, he had everything one could possibly want. But we found out that in the end, Solomon was indeed the greatest failure in the entire Bible. In the end, Solomon's abuse of overtaxing his people and conscripting labor, corvée, made him hated by pretty much everyone. And when he died and his knuckle-headed son Rehoboam came to the throne, Rehoboam triggered a civil war. A civil war that lasted for over 80 years, with the northern tribes breaking off and becoming the nation of Israel with the capital at Samaria. The southern tribe, only one tribe, Judah, <clears throat> remained the nation Judah, with its capital at Jerusalem and the temple. So, Solomon, in the end, was a great failure. And we looked at his Song of Songs, the memories of an old man who had 700 wives and 300 concubines. But looking way back in his life, the only woman he ever loved, his first love, Abishag the Shunammite and he let her slip through his fingers. So now, go to the very end of Solomon's life. What does he have to say? And I would argue that the book of Ecclesiastes is Solomon's last thoughts on his life. Now, it's really difficult, <clears throat> excuse me, it's really difficult in looking at Ecclesiastes to discern a structure to it. But let's begin with a kind of autobiographical introduction. And let me begin. The words of Koheleth, 
son of David, king in Jerusalem. Quahaleth is teacher or preacher. The words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem. Meaningless, utterly meaningless, says Quahaleth. Everything is meaningless. Now imagine coming to the end of your life, and that is your epitaph. As the King James Version translates, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Meaningless, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. He continues, What profit have we from all the toil with which we toil under the sun? One generation departs, Another generation comes, but the world forever stays. The sun rises and the sun sets. Then it presses on to the place where it rises, shifting south, then north, back and forth shifts the wind, constantly shifting its course. There's a really interesting interplay of words here. Now we've focused previously on the word Hevel as mere vapor, meaningless, meaningless. The word, the Hebrew word, Hevel, is like vapor. It's the opposite of the breath of life, something vital and life-giving. Another meaning of ruha, the breath of life, is wind. And here we have in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 6, Shifting south, then north, back and forth shifts the wind, constantly shifting its course. Creating this interplay between Hevel, <clears throat> meaningless, and Ruha, the breath of life, captures the futility of life, of chasing after the wind, as it were, or trying to corral it. One generation comes, another goes. The sun rises, the sun sets. The wind shifts south and then back north, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Such is life. It's like trying to corral the wind, an exercise in futility. Solomon continues, All rivers flow to the sea, yet never does the sea become full. To the place where they flow, the rivers continue to flow. All things are wearisome. Too wearisome for words. The eye is not satisfied by seeing, nor has the ear enough of hearing. What has been, that will be. What has been done, that will be done. Nothing is new under the sun. Even the thing of which we say, look, this is new has already existed in the ages that preceded it. There is no remembrance of past generations, nor will future generations be remembered by those who come after them. And that's really true. I know my parents and my grandparents. I've seen pictures of my great-grandparents. But the fact is, that after the fourth or fifth generation beyond our own lives, no one will know that we even existed. This is meaningless, says Solomon. 
emptiness, mere vapor. As long as we remain in the memory of our loved ones and our friends, we continue to exist. But after that, apparently not. Immortality is a, a tricky affair. In Greek epics, heroes like Achilles and Odysseus fight for Kleos, glory, and Time, honor. Kleos is related to the verb to hear, that is, what people say about you. Kleos is purely external, and it's gained through heroic action. Achilles went off to the Trojan War to attain glory, expressed by poets singing of his exploits for the next 3,000 years, of me speaking to you about the exploits of Achilles in the Iliad. Time is honor, a more concrete goal, expressed in physical reward, such as your share of the spoils of war, as determined by your peers based upon your performance in battle. Neither concept is prominent in Scripture. Even with Solomon's great fame and wealth, in his own view, his life has no ultimate meaning. Solomon faces a very modern-day existential crisis. Solomon's autobiographical introduction establishes the context for much of what follows, the futility of life and the inevitability of death. We laugh, we play, we plan, we achieve, we win, we lose. But in the end, we lie silently in the grave, a moldering corpse, worms meet. Solomon's autobiographical introduction begins Ecclesiastes and a haunting poem of mortality ends it. Together, they frame Solomon's thoughts. Here's the very end of Ecclesiastes. Remember your creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years approach, of which you'll say, I take no pleasure in them. Before the sun is darkened and the light and the moon and the stars and the clouds return after the rain, that is, when you're old and feeble. When the guardians of the house tremble, when your legs shake, and the strong men are bent, your arms are flabby and crepey. When the women who grind are idle because they are few, <laughs> that's a sexual reference, and those who look through the windows grow blind, your eyesight becomes dim as cataracts begin covering your eyes. When the doors to the street are shut, and the sound of the mill is low, you're housebound. When one rises at the call of a bird, the tweeting birds in the morning irritate you. Damn birds, woke me up again. And all the daughters of song are 
quiet. You can't hear. When one is afraid of heights, when you're afraid to stand on a ladder. Yeah, a man who parachuted out of an airplane into Normandy, landing on Omaha Beach, is afraid to climb up on a stepladder. And perils in the street. You're afraid to walk down the street at night. When the almond tree blossoms, that is, your hair turns white, and the locust grows sluggish, and the caperberry is without effect, when you have no energy, because mortals go to their lasting home and mourners go about the streets, you envision your own funeral. Before the silver cord is snapped and the golden bowl is broken and the pitcher is shattered at the spring and the pulley is broken at the well, your bodily functions fail and the dust returns to the earth as it once was. And the life breath, the Ruah, returns to God who gave it when you're dead. And Solomon ends, meaningless, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Hey, I'm sorry if I depressed you guys on this Monday morning, but that's Ecclesiastes. Here, the refrain that opened Ecclesiastes closes it, meaningless, utterly meaningless, everything is meaningless. For Solomon, that's the long and the short of it. And I can just see someone here listening to the podcast saying, hey, what'd you say? I couldn't hear you. Well, Ecclesiastes, Solomon's last will and testament. Let's pause there and we'll pick up on Wednesday and get right into the core, right into the heart of Ecclesiastes and see what he has to say. In the meantime, do go to logosbiblestudy.com, sign up as a subscriber, a member, $19.95 a month, put in the coupon code SCRIPTURE and you get your first month for free. And once you're, th once you're there, you can come to office hours on Tuesdays and Thursdays with me on Zoom. Uh, you can be part of the, uh, of the featured course and our two-hour discussion groups on, on Saturday. Oh, there are a ton of benefits in being a member. And I'd sure like you to do it because after all, of all my students, you're my favorite podcast audience. <laughs> okay. Hey, thank you guys. I'll be back with you on Monday. More on Quoheleth, Solomon, and Ecclesiastes. Hang in there. We'll finish it up this week, but we need to have a look at this. Okay. Bye-bye now. Mm -hmm.